Hi, welcome to Notes from a Drama Watcher, a podcast about East Asian dramas. It's part review, part recap, so there will definitely be spoilers ahead. Let's go! This is episode 27 of Notes from a Drama Watcher. This is your host, M. Welcome if you're new and welcome back if you've been here before. In this episode, we will be talking about Remember You, which is the Thai thriller. We'll be talking about episodes 8 through 12. Paint with Love, which is a Thai BL starring Sinto and Tae, episodes 4 and 5, and then Bad Buddy, episode 9. So in episode 8 of Remember You, we see Tanwa is continuing to look for his brother and he is also trying to get closer to Pat McCorn to find out if where he is, which is that's art serial killer that his father was profiling when he was younger. So they're trying to find out where he is and suspecting that it's someone close to them. As part of his investigation, he takes a undercover part-time job at a shipping place on the docks to investigate there and finds a body. And this leads him to realize that this is a method that serial killers Pat McCorn has been using to get rid of bodies. Also in this episode, we see our attorney, Pei Tai, who is played by Tae Tuan, get closer to our female detective eye. And the way he does this is something, quote unquote, happens to her car. He offers her a ride home, brings her home, and then, according to him, sees someone suspicious following her, and this person does attack her, and he defends her. But it's clear as he's defending her, that he knows this person who attacked her. But it does allow him to get closer to her because her so she's very wary of him up until this point and very suspicious of him. And this allows her to soften towards him. And they have this whole interesting discussion where they talk about love. And she asks him about his kind of his first love. And his first love was his older brother or something like first love right? It's clear admiration of his older brother. And they show a flashback to when he was younger. And we see the younger Pei Tai and the older brother Tanwa is here. Tanwa still does not know at this point that Pei Tai is actually his brother. But now it's like in your face, very clear to us, the audience, because they show him being kidnapped by Pat McCorn after he comes to the house and kidnaps the father. It's interesting, this conversation he has with I in the as they're in the cafe where he's talking about Tanwa being something like his first love because they really did clearly love each other as children. And he really, really looked up to his older brother. And I think that, you know, that's really part of his anger. This person that he really looked up to doesn't even know who he is right now. Now, if you recall, Tanwa has traumatic amnesia. So he's not even sure about his brother really being alive or not. And in episode nine, we see him talking to his superior, trying to find out more about what happened to Mina, which is attorney Peitai's childhood name. And he confronts her about this. She's the person who took him in when he was younger after his father passed. And I guess like told him that Mina is no longer with them, right? But he's realizing that it's possibly not true. So he tries to confront her about it and she doesn't want to answer him. There's kind of some secret around it. And in fact, kind of wants him to drop the whole thing, which is their superior comes in and is like telling him, you know, drop it, which who's, who is going to drop trying to find out if their brother is alive? That's a little ridiculous to even say, not a little ridiculous, a lot ridiculous to say that to someone. So any normal person would not want to drop it, but especially Tanwa, who's 
stubborn, <laughs> as we know, but also has no family left, really, as far as we can tell. So, of course, he's going to want to know what really happens with his brother. So to me, this is really the interesting part of Remember You. The interesting part in the Thai version and the most interesting part in the Korean version. It's not the serial killer stuff. It's not the crime solving that's really interesting to me. It's this relationship or non-relationship between the brothers and their yearning to be with one another. Pei Tai knows exactly who he is, but Tamwa still doesn't know really if he's alive and and he's suspecting he's alive, but who is he exactly? Is he someone around him? Is he someone else? So that is the most interesting part to me. It all seems very doomed to end in tragedy, you know, because at the same time, he's also suspecting that his brother may have turned out to be a killer himself. And so even if he did find him, what could the relationship be? It's all very sad. So in episode nine, uh, pay Tanwa winds up inviting Peitai to his house for dinner because Peitai had said before, you know, he wanted to get to know him a little better. And it's really interesting watching this scene when Peitai comes to the house for dinner because it's like in certain ways, I think the Thai version was done better and in other ways, the Korean version is done better. So when he comes into the house, in the Korean version, Park Bo Gum kind of just walks in and... He's looking at things, but it, the shot is very close up to his face. In the Thai version, you actually see Tae Tawan walking in and it's it's a more of a faraway shot. So you really get to see him really looking around the house. And it's clear that he is having memories of when he was a young boy growing up in the house. And Tanwa is walking in behind him. So he's not really seeing his facial expression. So he doesn't see directly this this look of longing and I guess sadness or whatever of him, of Peitai being in the house. And it's probably the first time he was in the house, of course, since he was kidnapped. So again, Tanwa doesn't know who he is. So imagine you're Peitai coming in there and you're being hit with all these emotions of being in your childhood home where you were kidnapped from, feeling all that turmoil inside, but not really being able to show it because then the person you're with would be like, what's going on? But also whenever Tanwa is turned away from him, you see Pei Tai looking at him like kind of a look of longing. And it makes me kind of sad in this episode that Tanwa, he still doesn't know who he is, obviously. So he decides to also invite the doctor over, the forensic doctor over for dinner, really because he wants to see how they react to each other, I guess, because I guess he's kind of suspecting they know each other. To me, it's kind of sad because Peitai just, in a way, just wants to have dinner with his older brother, right? And here's Tanwa playing games in this situation. Now, there's one slight difference in that scene that I th I think the Korean version does a little better in this sense, is that Peitai starts having a memory of obviously when he was younger, when they were both kids in the house. But in the Korean version, you see So and Guk, he's preparing food in the kitchen and he's going to bring it out to the dining area for them to have dinner. And in the Korean version, he walks kind of behind this column. And when he walks back out from behind the column with the food, it's the young version of him that comes out. And Park Bogum is looking at him and that, you know, you see like to him, he's just remembering his older brother as this as he looks when he was younger. Kind of one of their last memories of when they were happy together and probably one of his last memories of just being happy in general in life. Episode 10, they're just kind of finishing their dinner. Uh, while they're all together having dinner, I is off investigating a case and winds up getting kidnapped. And Doc, Tanwa, and Peitai 
go to rescue her along with the other police officers. They go to investigate. And in this episode, we see the introduction of a little bit of, I don't want to say romance. We've been seeing a little bit of them softening towards each other previously, but there's an actual kiss in this episode. Tanwa, I find it's interesting. I'm not sure if this is the, the actor's choice, if it was the director or just the way it's coming across as you watch it. He's a little softer, this character in the Thai version than in the Korean version. The Korean version, he's much colder. And one of the complaints I remember for the Korean version was that there was no romance there really, which is totally true. There really is not much romance in here. It's it's about the thriller aspect of investigating murders. And also just a lot of it is about the brothers. But because he's being played softer in the Thai version, it's not as much as a surprise when they kiss as it was in the Korean version. The actor who's playing the forensic doc, who's playing Pat McCorn, is the older one. Well, the younger one is good too, <laughs> but the older version of him is doing a really good job because he's just really creepy and he's someone who attempts to have human interactions, but he really doesn't understand how to do them well because his mind doesn't work that way. He's a killer, but he's I guess he functions well enough so that he's been working around the police for years, right? And no one suspects who he is. On a one-to-one level, he's just really creepy. And in this episode, episode 10 that I'm talking about, I'm sorry, episode 11, there's a kind of unhinged moment that he has where you really see like, okay, he hasn't left that life behind. He is still creepy and he's still out there killing people and doing things. So the last episode I'm going to talk about today, episode 12. Episode 12, I have rewatched numerous times in the Korean version. And I was very curious how they were going to handle it in the Thai version because episode 12 starts with Tanwa receiving a folder from his friend where it has the information on, well, where he's going to be able to find out who his brother is based on the information in this packet. And he's deep down knows the answer already because he's having these flashbacks to all his interactions that he's had with Peitai, who I don't know that I've said it. I'm not sure if I've said it until this point, but his name was Mina as a child. So I'm going to just refer to him as Mina really from now on, now that we know the truth, which actually, I guess is the Thai take on the Korean name. His Korean name was in, of the younger character in the Korean was Min. And of course, in, or let I me mean, not say of course, if you watch Korean dramas, you know, if you add an ah onto someone's name at the end, it's like a sign of endearment, a sign of affection. So it's Mina in Korean from his older brother. He's calling him Mina. So in the Thai version, they made his name Mina as a child. So in episode 12, we begin with Tanwa discovering or confirming to himself the truth that attorney Peitai is Mina, his younger brother. And he runs off to look for him, to find him, yes, but also because there is a couple in danger at the moment that he's thinking that Mina may go after them and he doesn't want him to. But I have to say, do yourself a favor and just if you can, take a look at the version of this in the Korean show. That's actually done way better in the Korean show. So and Guk gets so, so emotional and heartbroken when he realizes that Mina, his younger brother, is someone that he's been treating badly this whole time, really, and harshly. And his brother and his 
own way has kind of tried to reach out to him and Tanwa slash So and Gook just was pushing the person away or just suspecting him of things. And now to realize this person that he has been treating so harshly is actually his younger brother that he thought was dead first and then was hoping would be alive. And he's been around him this whole time and they've wasted so much time. Now he's scared that he's actually at this very moment off possibly killing someone. And he's feeling guilty about it as well, because if Mina's life had been differently, if he hadn't gotten kidnapped, would he have become this person? So the actor in the Thai version, you don't see all of this emotion on his face. He's upset, but So and Gook just does a way better job of emoting in the Korean version. And I'm not someone who thinks music make makes or breaks a show, but the OST for I Remember You slash Hello Monster, the Korean OST, the song that is played in the moment when he realizes is a song called Remember by Dear Cloud. It is like one of the saddest songs that you will hear. And you don't need to understand what they are saying to hear the sadness of it. Her, the singer, sings in this soft, poignant, just sad way that fits perfectly into the scene. And the music they chose in the, in the, chose in the Thai version, no one's actually singing. It's just actually an instrumental, but it's not, it's not sad. It doesn't really bring up those sad emotions that are so important for this moment or to truly understand this moment when he verifies that that's really his brother. The meeting between the brothers is just very sad, whether they're the Korean version or the Thai version, because now it's Tanwa wanting to reach out, right? You can tell he really almost wants nothing more than to just hug Mina close to him. And now Mina is the one who's like, it's too late. And the hurt that he's been feeling all this time finally just explodes. And he's he says twice in this conversation or this confrontation that they have, like, you didn't even recognize me. He is so hurt that his older brother did not recognize him this entire time. And Tay does a, a good job of expressing the hurt and all the emotion that Mina has been holding inside all this time. But now we'll have the roles being kind of reversed, right? Because now it's Tanwa who's going to be following Mina or wanting to be near Mina. And Mina now is the one kind of pushing him away because he's just, he's just so hurt. We learned during this episode also that someone who Tanwa and Mina's father had arrested uh, when they were little is now seeking revenge because during his arrest, his fiance was killed. And so he wants to go after whoever Tanwa loves um, so that he can feel the pain that he felt when his fiance died. And we see the doc telling Mina this and Mina's like, well, then he's going to go after I if it's someone he loves. And then, of course, no one else knows that that's that he is Tanwa's brother anyway. The only person who knows that is the doc, since he's the one who raised him, obviously. So that is the end of episode 12. We will see what happens next. Well, obviously, I know what happens next, but <laughs> we will discuss in the next podcast <laughs> what happens in the, in the last few episodes of Remember You. So next up, we've got Paint With Love, which is the Thai BL starring Saint Cho and Tay, which is showing on Gaga Ulala. I forgot to mention as I was speaking of it that Remember You is on Netflix. If you're looking for the Korean version, that... 
I don't know if that's on Netflix, but the Korean version, Hello Monster slash I Remember You, is on Vicky. So Paint With Love, episode four. Episode four sees Maze looking to travel to Phuket to film a campaign for Nguyen. And Nguyen is our character who's played by Yun, who's starring in the show. It's meta, you know, in the show, he's starring in a BL. So he's got all the activities, activities associated with BL actors, you know, sponsorships and other shows that he do, that he does, etc. So he's contracted with Maze's company to help with that. And we all know that Maze has this emotional scar from Nguyen. We don't know exactly what it is. In episode four, Nguyen and his manager, played by Green, go to a meeting at Maze's office and Maze is just kind of falling apart in the meeting. He's kind of unable to talk. He's unable to look at people. He can't function. And everyone is just confused because this is someone who is very, very put together, as we know. But Pab, played by Tay, knows that there's this whatever this is between Nguyen and Maze. So at one point, Maze is, you know, pretends that he's got a call or something to deal with to leave the room to just get a breather, to just try to put, put himself together. And Maze is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go help him and goes out and gives him his version of a pep talk, which half of it is Maze looking at him like, what, what are you talking about? You know, their personalities are just so different. They're just such complete opposites. It does help. It helps him to have this person who's just very different from him, but who just wants what's good for him. This is on many levels that Pab wants what's best for me is because not only does he try to comfort him in this moment where he's clearly shaken, but also later um, when they go to Phuket, they go to a hotel to, to see if it's somewhere that they want to film and what that they want to use. And there, Maze is sexually harassed by a member of the staff. I think it's the manager. And Pab is so protective of him. A little violent, but also in a smart way, catching, you know, evidence. Maze is also growing protective of Pab as well, because, you know, the guy's kind of arrogant. The manager is like kind of arrogant, kind of like, what are you going to do about whatever? And Maze steps up to have his his subordinates back, you know, so they are protective of each other. Also, while they are on this trip, Maze has forgotten his phone. I keep wanting to call him Tay. <laughs> Pab convinces him, you know, not to go out and buy another phone. So just, it'll be okay. He knows his schedule. He'll keep them on track. Just relax, you know? <laughs> and this is telling Maze to relax is really difficult. But he listens as he, and he does do it. And so in this episode, they grow closer together just because he's not allowed to be attached to his phone the whole time. And they have to interact. They have to talk to each other. And they even have these very relaxing moments on the beach. And, you know, none of that would have happened if Maze would have been attached to his phone the whole time. They even wind up getting drunk on the beach together. And the episode ends with Maze giving Pab a kiss. <laughs> and they wake up together in episode five on the beach. Well, not together because they wake up separately, but they've fallen asleep at the beach. And when they wake up, have to go running around like mad because they're late to meet someone. And the someone turns out to be, well, he calls her his aunt, Maze's aunt. And this is where we discover more about Maze and about what exactly is the thing between him and Wang. It's actually not really what I expected in a sense. It turns out that they are stepbrothers and their kind of falling out is that Nguyen decides he's going to go travel for a girl 
and leave his dreams behind, leave his ambitions behind. According to Maze, this is what Maze believes. He's like, how could you give up, you know, what you want for a girl? And Nguyen is like, I'm doing this out of love. And then Maze is kind of like, well, I'm your loved one also. So they've shown us that they're stepbrothers, but I, you still get like the feeling that it is romantic love that Maze was feeling for Nguyen, even though, even if Nguyen didn't feel the same for him. So we see that as the source of his emotional scar. It's like I said, not what I expected. I didn't even think that they could be stepbrothers. It didn't occur to me. And Pab learns about all this, but it's not relieving to him in any way because even later when they meet, he has like this jealousy against Nguyen. Even now knowing that they were actually stepbrothers and it's not that they were partners, he's still jealous of him. And of course, Nguyen is looking at him like what is up with this guy but also I don't think jealousy is the word but wariness like who is he how has he gotten so close to Maze especially because Nguyen probably knows that Maze is not someone who lets a lot of people close to him so it's maybe a little confusing to him that Pab this person who seems just so different from them has gotten so close to Maze in what seems like a short amount of time. And they wind up getting even closer in this episode because Maze winds up babysitting for a few days for one of his workers or partners in the business. And he calls in reinforcements, which is Pab, to come and help him with taking care of the child. And this forces them to be around each other and to hang out with each other and with the child and kind of forces me to be more around someone who he was intending to even trying to keep more at arm's length. Earlier in this episode, we see Pab asking Maze about the kiss and Maze is like, what? what? What kiss? I don't remember anything. And you see later on, he's touching his lips when he's alone. So you know, it's not true. He does remember. Pab is really cute and endearing in this episode and really helpful towards Maze. You see that little by little, he's wearing down Maze's walls. He'll be successful eventually. <laughs> this pairing is actually working better than I thought. I wasn't sure when I heard. I liked the storyline sounded really interesting to me for this show, but I wasn't sure about this pairing. Mostly because I don't, Tay, I've only seen him, seen him in two moons. I haven't seen him in anything else. So I didn't really know how he was chemistry wise and stuff like that. But so far it's been fine. Um, him, him with Singto. I think Singto has had better chemistry with other people, but that's not to say that that there's no chemistry here. There is. And I find their characters just like very interesting because I don't think I have ever seen in a drama such completely opposite characters from each other. I mean, they're complete and total opposite. So I definitely will continue watching and see where things go from here. So last, but definitely not least, is Bad Buddy episode nine. If you follow on, along on Twitter and stuff like that, you may know that there will be no episode 10 this week. They're skipping a week. Then episode 10 is in the new year. I think almost all the GMM TV shows, I think, are skipping this week. I'm not sure about that, but Bad Buddy is. So episode nine, we see the aftermath of everyone discovering, not everyone, not the parents, but the friend groups, discovering that Pat and Pran are together. And we see how that came about. It was why, as many people suspected, who outed them, who made the curtain drop in the theater. And we see all of this through flashbacks of when he goes into the theater, the hears them because he's got the headphones on where he can hear behind stage. He hears their whole discussion about being boyfriends. And you see that and you see the flashback to when they were in the car and they drove away and we saw the sleeve of someone who was watching them. So that turned out to be why as many people had suspected. So he outed them basically and he's upset about Pran lying to him all this time and 
some time has passed because they are actually in episode nine. They are have just ended the final performance of the play. I don't know how many performances there were, but they're all together taking their final bows and Y walks off when Pran tries to speak to him. And there's this whole conversation between Pran and Y where Y is just saying, you lied to me. And Pran is like, what do you expect? I was dating someone that you hated. And Y is like, you basically, you should have given me the chance to, or the courtesy, whatever, of telling me that you were dating him. It's something as a best friend, I would have told you. And I know a lot of people are mad at why. I understand his feelings because he, you see him telling Pran things, right? He likes this girl, that girl, whatever it is. He tells him things. And this is a big thing in their life. And Pran doesn't share it with him. Now, that being said, it is not okay to out someone. That, not at all. His reaction to his hurt is immature. He should have talked to Pran on the side or whatever it was, confront the both of them, whatever it had to be. But there's no way that outing them in front of all those people, that's not the right thing to do. That's actually a terrible thing to do. Some people were also, I saw on Twitter saying like, it's this has kind of been a one-sided friendship this whole time, but, but actually we don't really know, right? Because they knew each other before our story begins. So we don't really know what Y has done for Pran how close he's been to Pran. We know they're best friends, but we don't know exactly what that entails, what they have been for each other. We know that Pran was sent away for years and was probably in a very lonely, dark place for a while. And for all we know, why was the one who lifted him out of it? So I don't know that it's fair to say that Pran is always the one giving. We really don't know. I don't know if this is explored in the novel. I have not read the novel, but in the show anyway, we don't really know anything from before, as, as pertains to Y and Pran, we don't know anything from before episode one of the show. As a contrast to this, we've got Korn and Pat, who we saw in the preview last week for this episode, that Pat goes to sit down next to them in the cafeteria and Korn puts his foot on the chair, doesn't let him sit there. And it's like, oh, this is only for engineering students. And I remember watching the preview. I was like, hmm, Off has tricked us before. <laughs> Why do I have the feeling Corn's going to turn out to be okay and Off is just tricking us in this preview? And I was so happy to see that, yes, it was true. He tricked us. Corn does step up for his friend Pat, which is interesting because in all the episodes before, we've seen Corn as this really hot-headed guy, but he turns out to be a stand-up guy after all. So <laughs> I was glad to see that. And it was actually really funny to me that Drake, who plays Corn. I forgot exactly what he tweeted, but he tweeted something on Twitter. And there were all these people responding to the tweet, apologizing to him or to Corn that they had hated him all, all this time. And it was funny to me, but also that's actually a real compliment, I'm sure, to the actor. If you're playing like a jerk and people really think your character is a jerk, that means you're doing something right. <laughs> So I'm pretty sure Drake probably got a, a kick out of all those tweets of all those people apologizing to him. I saw kind of mixed reactions to this episode. Some people didn't really like it. I liked it. <laughs> I don't think there's been an episode that I haven't liked on Bad Buddy. It was kind of a redemption episode, so to speak, for many people. Got Corn, who again, many people have been thinking of as a jerk this whole, including me. I'm not going to say I didn't think he was a jerk. I just realized in the last episode, in that preview, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Off is tricking us again. But his redemption story and then Y's story. 
because, you know, he starts off in the beginning, him and Pran at odds. And obviously outing Pran was a terrible thing to do. I know he doesn't care about Pat really, but Pran is your best friend. So the fact that he did that, but then by the end of the show, where he's the person who essentially saves Pat from possible arrest, he's redeemed himself. Although some people still feel like he is unforgivable. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel. I think it was tied up. That was possibly tied up a little quickly. But on the other hand, Pran is just relieved. He just wants his best friend back. So I could see where whatever happens, he's just willing to take him back. I mean, he's really the one kind of chasing around behind him throughout this whole episode anyway, trying to get his best friend back. So of course, he's going to forgive him. And then even more so when he's the one who saves his boyfriend from possible jail time. I know some people found the story of uh, Pat even be, being suspected of being the gun, over, gun owner to be a stretch. You know, how could they try to arrest him? And the other person's fingerprints was on the gun and blah, blah. I don't know the police in Thailand. I know zilch about the police in Thailand. But if you are from the United States, you know that there was a whole series of protests going on about the police and who gets arrested, who doesn't get arrested. There's, it's not unbelievable to me that police would rush an investigation on someone. And I could see that happening in any country, probably. They are human beings too and can make mistakes, you know, which is why you should never put a human on a pedestal. And hopefully they would have investigated a little further and then discovered, yeah, he's really not the gun owner, etc. So that, yeah, it, it was a bit rushed, but sadly, I don't think completely unbelievable. There were some BL tropes addressed in this episode too that I thought was really interesting and funny in its own way. There is a whole discussion with Pat and Pran and Pa and Ink having dinner together where Ink and Pa are asking them about their relationship and how did it develop, etc. Pat's, you know, maybe I just like all genders. Pat's just very like whatever. But Pa is like, oh, I thought you were going to say that you don't like guys. You just like Pran, which of course is a common trope in many BLs that the person says they're not gay. They just like this particular person. And a lot of people find that a pretty silly trope. I think I I'm not Thai. So, but I think that for some writers, they think it's romantic to say, I don't like men, I just like this person or whatever, they view it as romantic. That there's off, you know, throwing shade in this episode at that. <laughs> and then later on in the episode, so Pat has a few times an episode called Pran his wife. And you can tell Pran doesn't love that. It doesn't say anything about that. But then at the end calls him out on it. And it's like, why are you saying that? And they have their little, they have a little discussion about it and decide that it's, yeah, it's not something that they should use with each other. I don't know that they're, they're not saying anything about other couples necessarily, but between each other, it's not necessary. They can just be boyfriends. So that's another trope that's out there. The whole husband wife thing between two partners of the same gender. And this one actually is interesting to me. Again, I'm not Thai. I have not studied like Thai culture in depth or something, but I had read someone making a comment somewhere that the words that are being used in Thai really cannot be or should not be directly translated as husband or wife in English. And so people shouldn't get offended by it because it's not actually husband or wife or whatever that's being said. And again, it's not my culture. So if you know, someone writes that, I'm like, okay, maybe that's true. But I question that because off felt the need to even address the topic in this episode. So clearly there is some sort of gender thing going on 
when they're referring to someone as husband or wife, whatever, because he felt strongly enough about it to even bring it up in the show. So again, that's it. That's episode nine. It ended on another kind of scary note. Pran was coming out from visiting the hospital, turns around after leaving Pat's room and who should be there but Pat's parents. We have to wait two weeks <laughs> to see what happens because like I said, they're not showing any this week. They are going to show it in the new year. We did see the in the previews that they are going to start investigating. Pat and Pran are going to start investigating together. What is the actual conflict between the parents? Because as many people have said, it has to be something more than business that's going on here. So they're going to start investigating. Looks like they're going to get a little bit of help or a little bit of push from, I forgot his name, but he works for Pran's parents. And he's the guy who used to work for Pat's parents way back then and then started working for Pran's parents. So he knows, I guess, a little bit of the background of whatever it was that happened between them. So that is it for episode nine of Bad Buddy and for episode 27 of Notes from a Drama Watcher. Thanks for listening in and I'm hoping for a safe, happy and healthy new year for everyone. If you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Twitter at DramaWatcher6 or you can email me at DramaWatcherNotes at gmail.com. Stay safe, everyone.